Greetings and welcome to Heroes Legacy. I am your host, Paris, and my friend Alexander is here with me today as a special guest for our first <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm nervous. Me too. I am. I am very nervous. Um, I love this show, and <clears throat> I've been a fan of this show since I was in high school. Same. I think ninth grade was uh, the first time I ever watched Heroes. Better Halves was the first episode I watched. The one where uh, Nikki and Jessica start talking through the mirror. Oh, man. I watched it from the beginning. I watched it. I streamed it. Ah, Genesis? I have the benefit of watching it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And that's what I did, too. Like, my mom had uh, rented Blockbuster DVDs. Back when throwback. The D- yes, throwback, right? <laughs> Back when the DVD queue was still a thing. Awesome. Right, it was cherished memories. Um, yeah, man, that end where it was just to be continued had me hooked. Dude, right? <clears throat> DL came and took Micah away, and Nikki was just lying there, and it was like, man, how, how the hell is she gonna get Micah back now? And there's still a lot we don't know about DL at this point. And DL, you know, he came a long way since that point, so it was cool. Um, I was just really, really addicted after that. I don't know. Yeah, I've always been like a superheroes kid at heart, you know, mm. so it really spoke to me on that level. Mm. Word. Yeah. I didn't get into superheroes until right before I started watching Heroes, actually. What a coincidence. Right? But even more coincidence was X-Men was the thing that pulled me into superheroes. Mm, but that makes sense. The X-Men movies were a big thing back then. They were. They were. They, they really, like, paved the way. Word. Like, hands down. Especially the second one. Mm. Yeah, X-Men 2 is actually surprisingly a really good movie. Yes. I really uh, liked it. Um, <coughs> visuals with Nightcrawler are amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. Visuals. I, I remember that, teleporting with the... Like, I just dreamed for days. The like, smoke. If I could, like, just... Like, it was... It was awesome. Yes. Speaking of trying to... Dude, back when I was in high school, I used to sit back in my English class and... Um, I would try to close my eyes like Hiro Nakamura like, and teleport out of class. <laughs> I would try to do it all the time. And then even I mean, watching... You, you never know. <laughs> you never know, right. You never know. One day one day I might close my eyes and wake up somewhere else. That would be yeah. incredible. And even after watching Reborn, I, I have this tendency from time to time when I'm in a situation I don't want to be in. Yeah. I'll just like put my hand on my shoulder and try to teleport myself the way Nathan does. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't work either, unfortunately. What can you do? Keep hope. Keep hope. Keep hope alive. And that's... Gotta hmm. say it. And save the cheerleader. And save the cheerleader. Save the cheerleader, save the world. And speaking of keeping hope alive, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast. Um, mm. I feel inevitably there will be something else in the Heroes universe that will be released. They left us dangling a little too hard at the end of um, Project Reborn. And so I, I think... There is more to come. <clears throat> I think they'll try to go back to their roots with whatever they do next. True. They're not going to try to reinvent themselves too hard, but more or less be faithful to the original. Word. And I, th- I think in in a lot of ways, Reborn was faithful to the original. When I the more I rewatch it, the more I catch like what the characters, the newer characters, kind of in spirit represented compared to the older characters. Mm. Um, like I hated Joanne, not the actress. Um, she was awesome, and she's very gorgeous. Never no. the actual human. 
No, never the actual actors. That, that, that says how good of a job they do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can hate their characters freely. Um, <clears throat> no, I, no, I, and she's British too, so that makes it even better. She's very beautiful. Um, no, Joanne, she was just, I don't know, she frustrated me. Because I was like, okay, you know, like, Renatus was behind the death of your son now. And your husband also turned out to be a person with powers, and he's not a bad human being, so you know all of them aren't bad. So what's your problem? So what's your problem? Exactly. <laughs> what's your problem? So I was, I was mad at her watching it. And then even after, <clears throat> even after Micah, like, revealed to the world that Mohinder was innocent and that Evos weren't responsible for Odessa, like, she, she even admitted it to herself. She was like, you know, they say Erica, respons Erica Kravitz was responsible. And, like, Erica was just like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm still the only one, quote-unquote, who can save everyone. <clears throat> still trying to be a master planner. Um, but, yeah. She reminded me of Jessica. Like, Jessica had the gun, too, and she was like, that would protect mommy. Mm -hmm. And so... They're both kind of badass in that regard, and she kind of reminded me of Jessica. Um, <clears throat> Luke reminded me of Ted. I mean, in some ways, he reminded me of Bennett. Um, he was like the perfect company agent. This dude knew how to navigate his way out of every situation in a room. And I don't know, just the way he carried himself, he just reminded me of Noah. And his, his desire to protect Melina mirrored Noah's desire to protect Claire. And even though Luke didn't really come into contact with a lot of people with powers, he just seemed to know how to defeat them, um, just being around them. So he was just very tactical. And, <clears throat> you know, speaking of hope, keeping hope alive, um, again, if there was anything that I knew I would want to do, like for a job, a profession, right now I'm just trying to figure it out. But if there was something, I would keep this universe going. Um, I, I'm just, I'm a hardcore fan, and I love this world, yeah. you know. I never understood Hero Pot or Harry Potter fans and their love of Hogwarts until I just got really into the show. Um, and I've rewatched this so many times. I own, I own the graphic novels, um, the first two volumes. I think volume three never really got released except in the Omnibus um, edition with the Ninth Wonders <laughs> issue of Clear on the cover burning or whatever in the car wreck. But... <clears throat> You know, I just, I love this universe, and, <coughs> and I, I have some cool storylines written up, and, you know, I just, <clears throat> I don't know, there's just, there's so much more universe to cover, and I have a feeling that I knew what they were going to do next, based on a few clues. Um, there is a prequel series for Reborn called Dark Matters. And in Dark Matters, Quentin is navigating with Phoebe, his sister, the girl who could control shadows. This is her origin story, actually. How she got factored in everything. And how Quentin got factored in everything, too. Um, we're learning how Phoebe discovers her powers um, to manipulate shadows. She's a college student. We're also learning from her standpoint, as a normal American, after Claire's jump off the Ferris wheel, the consequences for her life. <clears throat> and when the consequences... <laughs> excuse me that they explored in a very well handled way I think was the Evolved Human Registration Act and I kind of wanted to know more about that what it entailed um, they delved more into the Evolved Human Registration Act and saved a cheerleader to destroy the world it's an ebook that 
ties in between the series of Reborn and Heroes. And I, like evolved humans have to register. They get like an identification card and have to take pictures. The government has to keep tabs on these people now. Uh, and so we're exploring that from Phoebe's, you know, viewpoint and how she has to live with that uh, moving forward over those next few years and how her college life is affected by her powers. She starts having nightmares about darkness and stuff. So um, there was an Easter egg in the Dark Matters web series that I thought was interesting. There were two Easter eggs that I thought were interesting. There's an episode where Hero Truther tells Quentin to hack into Renatus's database. Uh, the effort by Quentin was hilarious because he runs up on a security guard in a mask and turns him around with a lighter in his hand and puts the lighter up to his ear and strikes it. And he's like, I'm a pyrokinetic Evo. He's like, where's the foul room? <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <clears> that he was being resourceful in that scene. But anyway, he's hacking into the database for Hero Truther, who we learned later on is Micah, uh, Micah Sanders, AKA Rubble. And there are some names in the database that were kind of intriguing, if you look close enough. One of them was Siler's name. I think Renatus had found a way to capture Siler. One of my things was, you can't really kill him. Like, you can't die. So whatever they did, they had to take him down. And obviously the most cop-out answer was like a tranquilizer because they've been able to do that once or twice with Siler before. Like, just tranquilize him with a really strong tranquilizer and, you know, knocks him out for a couple hours. So I think Renatus had figured out a way to get to Siler. Um, one reason I think that was because in the scene where Molly Walker kills herself, right before that happens and they find Molly Walker, Noah Bennett comments that Renatus had figured out a way to harvest people's abilities in the brain. They had machines that could do what Siler could do, but they were able to keep the people alive as well. So they weren't just healing pods, they were able to keep them uh, sedated and, you know, research them. And, you know, understand how their powers work, like Siler wanted to. So I had this, yeah, I had this theory that Renatus figured out a way to capture Siler and use his power for that machine. I don't think Siler's dead. Um, another name uh, that they had was the Gemini formula. And I was like, Gemini formula? Interesting. I wonder what that could be. And then the games came out, uh, Gemini and Enigma, where we learned Cassandra... And Dahlia Hayes, Dahlia appeared in Dark Matters, and she appeared in Brave New World, the first episode of Reborn. Uh, she was the girl that Bennett was talking to in Dallas about the card that said, see more clearly. And she works with Micah and Renee. <clears throat> but in Enigma, she's a girl who's like 11 or 10, and she's trying to figure out what happened to her sister. Um, apparently, like, her and her sister have been kept apart by time, and her sister... Cassandra is technically younger than her, but, like, she's an adult when she goes back in time to see Dahlia. Like, there's this whole crazy mess of timeline travel and stuff. It's cool. Um, so, yeah, like, the Gemini and Enigma games dig into the storyline about this formula that this guy named Trevor Mason created. And they have ties to Pinehurst. So I wonder if they figured out a way to make that genetic, uh, genetic modification formula stick around from season three. Um, Mohinder destroyed the last vial of it, according to one of the graphic novels, but maybe Trevor Mason figured out something else. Um, another interesting bit, 
that I caught in the Enigma games was that Shanti Suresh's file was uh, from Pinehurst. It was in the possession of the quarry, along with everybody else's files from Pinehurst. So whatever ties that the quarry has to Pinehurst, I think Arthur Petrelli or Nathan, or maybe even Angela, I had the wild theory that Angela has something to do with it, because in the episode Cold War, she mentions that bagging and tagging is antiquated. And Trevor Mason said the exact same thing in the video game as well. He said bagging and tagging was barbaric and antiquated of a system. It was exactly word for word what Angela said. And I was like, I think Angela had something. Yeah, it was an interesting Easter egg. And I was like, I think Angela has something to do with the quarry. So like, that was something I wanted to write in my graphic novel series. I wanted there to be this flashback to where like, maybe Nathan, Angela, and Arthur kind of secretly met up after the, like right in between the events of villains. And we learned Angela may or may not have been playing everybody too, yeah. to show how manipulative she was. Um, she's a very dubious character, and I feel like you can't keep Angela completely in the side of good or evil. I feel like when you start dis- defining her moral line like Siler and Bennett, it kind of muddles her in a way. So <clears throat> I was going to return that dubiousness of Angela's motives back to her. But... um I don't know if the Reddit fans kept up with something I posted, a, a storyline idea that I had for Hammer, but basically the concept was that the company that I had, that the company was creating the formula that Adam even told them that he was against at one point. Um, he says in one episode that he told the company founders that the formula would bite them in the ass someday. Um, so like, he wasn't for it, but we were gonna reveal that Angela had a dream at one point that evolved humans weren't going to exist anymore, that something was going to wipe out their powers. And so she created the formula as like a plan B, so that way people with powers could still exist in the world. That was all her plan, and that maybe she was continuing that plan after Arthur had died, um, or that Arthur had a hand in it. I don't know. It was just a you know, concept I was kind of digging around in. Um, but yeah, Gemini. Gemini, I think, was going to be the next storyline. And I say that because also in the tarot card that um, Hammer leaves the twins at the end of Project Reborn, or Rebirth, whatever episode, whatever the name was, I can't remember exactly. But in the very end, he leaves the twins tarot cards. And one of them, it says something like Gemini, which translates to twins. And Gemini, the astrology sign, is based on the constellation of Pollux and Castor from Greek mythology. And I've always found it fascinating that Heroes teases the Greek mythology connection. Um, in season three, it's like riddled all over the place, if you pay close attention. Um, Mohinder narrates about it at some point, and it's coming, he mentions Zeus. Like, he says, since Zeus, the father of Olympians, created night from day, raining dark terror down on man. Like, giving an ominous kind of end to his narration at the end of that episode. We're right when the eclipse was coming, too. And... Uh, Luke and Siler, when they eat out, they went to the Olympic Diner. Um, Building 26, they, their project name was called Project Icarus. Like, all these weird connections to Greek mythology that are just slung around. And I was like, man, like, I just, I think maybe that has something to do with the origin. Like, they're teasing that maybe evolved humans could have been conceived as deities in the past. And maybe, I don't know, I was just, that's, these are all storyline ideas I think about in the middle of the night <laughs> when I can't sleep. Keeps me up. Yeah, I think about these things because I really love this universe. It was so rich and enthralling and interesting. But I think Gemini was the next direction. I think Hammer had something to do with the Gemini um, part 
that the quarry created. The quarry is technically another company. And they were destroyed three days after Odessa was, uh, according to continuity. And interestingly enough, and Cassandra and Dahlia don't know who their parents are. And what I... <clears throat> And in Hero's Legacy, I was going to reveal that their parents were someone that we may have met before. But they didn't know that because they were young. And what was weird was that Cassandra and Dahlia's time portal powers look very similar to this person's powers and how it looks. But um, I was going to reveal that they were the daughters of Stephen Canfield and Elizabeth Canfield from season three. Uh, the guy who could do the vortex thing. And like the time portals looked like the vortexes. So I was, um, I was gonna have an issue where we jump back to the part where Stephen Canfield sent himself through a vortex in 2007, and we revealed that he sent himself somewhere in time, and that's where he's been this entire time. He hasn't been dead, or in another universe. I wanted to toy around with parallel universes, but I felt like it just wasn't gonna be relevant to anything in the long run. But it could be a thing. Yeah. I'm not Tim Kring, I don't know. It'd be fun. It would be It'd fun. It'd be a fun, like, <clears throat> just like one-off episode, too, where you just see two different parallel universes of what could have happened during that same yeah. time. Um, and I had some conceptions for an alternate universe. One was going to be a gender-swapped universe, where uh, instead of Claire Bennett, it was gonna, uh, Claire was going to look more like Tommy Clark, and he was going to go by the name Clark Bennett. Or Clark Petrelli, actually. He was going to embrace more of the Petrelli roots. I was going to take some inspiration from Marvel and how they do their alternate universes. And like they changed little details or defining details about the characters to make them noticeably different from their mainstream counterparts. Um, yes. <laughs> so Gemini. I think Gemini was the next step. Uh, this formula that I think was tied to Shanti Suresh. Um, and I had a theory about Shanti Suresh's powers. Based on the name of the book, Activating Evolution. And you say, why would you think that? Well, Chandra Suresh really loved his daughter. Um, everything that he did was like, you know, his research was based on her. And it was confirmed by multiple people that Chandra, Shanti Suresh had a power. And who else do we know that can activate evolution in the Heroes universe? Matt Parkman Jr. <laughs> and Cold Snap, like... <clears throat> he returns half of Hiro Nakamura's ability to him. And on top of that, he's able to control electronics just off of his emotions. So he can activate and deactivate evolution. And I think Hiro's wiki.com even called it activation and deactivation. Like, that was the name of his power. Uh, by canon, supposedly. But, yeah, like, he can activate and deactivate evolution, biologically and mechanically. And I think that's a cool concept to explore you have potentially the most OP character in the Heroes universe growing right in front of us for like the past five years. So I wanted to explore Matt Parkman Jr. and the Parkman family. Like, Matt went down the dark path. And interestingly enough, Matt is always going down a dark path in the alternate future, or he's not really playing the role of hero anymore. That's true. So, and even Greg Grunberg, I, I, if you're listening to this dude, please tell me you're listening. And Twitter, on Twitter, but like I remember in a, a press conference you said in season three or in an interview you had said you wanted Matt Parkman to go down the dark side in season three because like every telepath has gone evil so like why would Matt Parkman be the exception and I appreciate that Reborn did that um, with Matt Parkman's character it was cool 
And then, like, learning that Janice had left him, I was curious as to why Janice left Matt Parkman. Like, she was loyal to him. And I had some interesting answers in my mind for what could have been there. Um, my first issue was going to be called No Regrets in honor of Noah Bennett. Like, his, you know, narration about not having regrets in life. And I want Noah Bennett's presence to be felt through Gemini. Uh, whenever it does get released, it will be released. I got to get better at drawing, and I want this story to be right. You know, nothing else has come out yet. So, like, I, I don't know. I wanted this to be unique. Um, and faithful to the lore of the universe as well. But one, I'm going to reveal some storyline concepts that I had. And, you know, I kind of wanted you guys to tell me what you thought of them. But with Matt Parkman, where we left off in Reborn, he had flipped over into the ravine um, during the whole Healy situation. He was arguing or leaving a voicemail for Janice. I couldn't tell which one it was. I'm really trying to piece together everything that's happened so I could be faithful to the story. But in No Regrets, we were going to start Matt's story waking up two days later in a hospital, and Janice is there. And during this conversation, we were going to learn why Janice left Matt. <clears throat> and I was planning on revealing basically the events of season four in its entirety. I mean, if your husband had a serial killer trapped inside of his mind, I feel like that's enough of a reason to walk out on the marriage because of the the mental instability there that Matt was showing. He was drinking, you know, um, he was blacking out often and he was starting to get pretty emotional in a lot of situations in his daily life. That's not a, that's not bad on Matt. It wasn't completely his fault, but you know, Janice kind of had enough of it at that. I think by the end of season four, I felt like Janice probably had enough. Um, so we were gonna reveal Janice walked out on Matt because she was worried about his stability and how it would affect Matt Jr. And we were also going to reveal that Matt and Matt Jr. haven't seen each other since the events of season four. And that Claire's jump had a lot of consequences on everybody else around her. Um, even though Claire is not appearing in Gemini so far, we were going to show her actions still had long-running consequences. Yep, I wanted consequences to be emphasized. Um, another character I planned on introducing who was going to be more significant to the universe and I even imagined when I first conceived them. Um, and this is fan fiction. I know this stuff isn't most likely going to make it to canon. I'm pretty sure it probably won't. But it's fun. And I wanted to do this for the fans. And for me. For my own enjoyment. To say that I could. And one other character that I wanted to put in was going to be named Chris. Um, if I could fan cast him. And I already have. <laughs> Renzi Felice from Runaways. Because he's freaking awesome I don't know like I just I love his vibe that he carries on screen and um we were going to start off with him as this guy who was a super senior in high school and he's never met his mother and his father has died at this point already I borrowed some elements in my own life actually I, I know my mom I lived with her but my dad passed away so I was gonna I implemented a lot of elements in my own life and I I did personality tests for some of the characters based on what I had in mind for them already and I, it helped me conceive them a little bit easier as well. It was a writing tip that I found online. And me and Chris have similar personalities. And where his storyline was going to start was he was attending a school named Charles DeVoe Academy and keeping up with what Reborn did in honor of Lenderman and Piners. Like, they named two schools after those, you know, entities. So I was going to do that with Charles. Um, Charles had funded a school, a private school in Manhattan before he died and somehow Chris had ended up there. Um, 
So he's been going there. He's held back. And we learned that he was held back because he wrote a paper the prior year, his actual senior year, um, advocating for Mohinder and saying that Mohinder Suresh was innocent and the Odessa bombings and trying to verify that he didn't really have anything to do with it. And he was using Ninth Wonders as a source and they held him back because he was relying on a comic book instead of actual quote unquote events that really happened. So we were also gonna show like all these things had consequences on normal people. I was trying to be very intricate in the way I wrote it. And so like he's been trying to graduate high school so he can go to college with the rest of his friends. Um, he was gonna meet a girl named Liz. Um, we were gonna learn that Liz is connected to Isaac biologically. Maybe she could do something similar to him. That was something I was gonna tease. Um, Ariella Berra from Runaways also came to mind because she's... She, never, she smokes marijuana and doing heroin. And <laughs> no, I wanted Chris to be the stoner, not Liz. <laughs> I wanted her to have different... I, wanted, I, I thought about that. Like, I was like, what if she tripped acid instead of heroin? You know, like, acid's sort of a more contemporary drug anyways. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't want to copy Isaac. So I wanted her to actually be straight edge as an interesting contrast to Isaac. Um, okay. She also knows that Isaac was a junkie, and that's something that's been known in her family at this point that we introduce her. So she's trying not to follow the same exact steps. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was something I wanted to introduce. The character name was she was going to be tied to Barbara in a way. Um, Barbara had adopted her at a young age. Um, Barbara Zimmerman. Nikki and Tracy's sister biologically, triplets. And Gemini, and then Gemini also wanted to hammer down on duality. I wanted like Tracy and Barbara to meet each other because <laughs> I thought that would be cool. And it would be cringeworthy in a way because it would remind us of Nikki and Jessica, like sitting and talking together again. And um, Nikki and Bar um, Jessica, or Barbara and Tracy have never met each other. They just, Tracy knows of Barbara and it was just a lingering mystery. So I wanted to introduce Barbara is having something to do with the quarry. Like, she's tied to them. She's researching evolved humans like her father did. Um, I was going to reveal in no regrets that Mohinder was still alive. And you're asking yourself, and I want readers to ask themselves, how the fuck is he still alive again? <laughs> again, yeah, again. And he was going to be held in containment by the quarry. And Barbara was keeping an eye on him. And... I wanted to reveal how that was going to happen, too. I was setting up all these fun storylines, like Luke Collins, Mohinder, like, they're both alive. Like, that's what I wanted to reveal at the very end. Oh, it's raining. It's raining. It's starting to rain? Okay, we're going to move inside. But I'm... Break? But yeah, uh, I was going to reveal Mohinder had somehow survived the Odessa bombing, and, you know, like, how could that have happened? And I was going to reveal Micah went back in time to save Mohinder after the events of Reborn. Um, you know, after he's vindicated his old friend that he's been working alongside with for the past five years. Um, he's decided, like, you know, I'm going to go back and save him. And I think Micah would be calculated enough to pull it off. And he knows a time traveler. He knows Dahlia Hayes. And I think... He would try to pull strings with Dahlia to see if she would go back in time to save Mohinder. And that's how I was going to reveal Mohinder actually got out alive. Um, instead of going to the summit, he listened to Micah, or no, Micah kidnapped him and kept him in the quarry after knowing about their existence. 
and makes a deal with Barbara to keep an eye on him for a year, and she basically lets him go after that. Or something to that effect. I have different versions of what could happen. There's a lot of what could happen. Um, Nathan, I was going to toy around with him meeting Hammer, what that was going to look like. Hammer is the twin's father. And I was also going to reveal that Hammer is a Gemini. And then that's also a hint as to who Hammer could be. Because canon speaking, this character that I looked up is a Gemini. And it explains so much about them. Um, so yeah, Alex, what do you think? <laughs> You've just been silent, man. man. Um, I'm actually not as well versed as you on the lore. It's um, okay, you've watched the show. I have watched the show. I think at least the whole way through two times. I, that's how I am too. I've sort of scattered through episodes for the most part. All right. But I think you got a really great concept on your hands, and I'm excited to see how it goes, man. <laughs> you know? But yeah. I don't know. I just I think Heroes has so much life left in it. And there's so many different directions you could take it. We don't know what happened. We don't know the beginning of the universe. We don't know um, where certain characters are left off. There's so many different rich and amazing characters that they created in that world. And I just wish there was a way to, you know, make it continue. Yeah. So, I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think about the, the universe. I want to hear what your guys' Uh, thoughts are after watching Rebir uh, Heroes Reborn. Um, if you played the games, what you think about the characters or how they could tie into the universe? Um, I'm well aware of the fact that like not everything that I conceive or come up with is right. Um, I don't know all the answers, but I love this universe and I know a lot about it. So I wanted to educate fans, and while I'm educating you, I want to make sure that like I know what I'm talking about. And now I'm not just slinging around random references and shit like that. Like, you know, that I've, I love this series. So um, follow me on Twitter. Um, my name is WingmanTL. And you can follow me at Real Courage Jude. Courage like the virtue, Jude like the name. And on Instagram, um, I'm heroes.legacy. Um, I posted up some quotes that um, some of the characters are going to say. And that'll give you a hint of where their storylines may go. Um, I wrote this as a hardcore fan. And I've read articles about why people believe the series failed. Um, I disagreed with some of it, but I did agree with some of it um, from a critical standpoint. I loved the entire series. Like, seasons one through four, Dark Matters, the graphic novels, and all the other stuff, too. Um, and just... So I... I don't know. I wanted to... See if I could learn from the mistakes of what happened and see if I could write something worthy. Um, that's not to say Reborn wasn't worthy, it was. I love Reborn. Reborn was everything I expected and then some. The June 13th episode was like the perfect curveball I did not anticipate happening. Um, it was my favorite episode of Reborn, both episodes. Because we saw Hero go in God mode, we learned what really happened to Claire. Um, that she died in childbirth with the twins, and that we saw that the writers were willing to think outside the box with like how the characters use their powers and use their minds. I'm not saying that they made the characters stupid before, but like they made the characters really clever in how they approached their situations with the resources that they had this time around. 
Um, what made me sad watching that was that Claire would never know her children. Um, and save the cheerleaders for the world. Claire like looked forward to meeting her children. She said at the end of the book, like she didn't even know what she was going to name them. Like she had different joking names for the twins. Um, when she was writing to Hammer. And I don't know, Hammer also is a fun mystery I would love to know more about. And that was the fun part about writing him. Hammer morphed so much in my mind when I conceived him, uh, when I conceived my version of him in my mind. That's not to say that, um, that's not to say that the writer didn't have a story behind any of it before. I'm sure there's a story behind the trench coat and why Hammer is the way he is. Oh. And even the tarot cards. But I don't know, I wanted to have a fun version. Um, and I researched fan fiction to make sure my ideas were original. But there was one idea that got close. Um, I liked what they did with it. My original concept. My original concept was going to be Siler being Hammer. And I was going to reveal that Siler shapeshifted into this guy that, you know, that he had run into. That may have been more significant than we realized as well. Um, he shapeshifted into this younger looking guy who wears a trench coat because Siler's always worn a trench coat since we've seen him for the most part. Except for after we've met him. And then, you know. He was trying to fool Claire, and he's the baby daddy. That was going to be my original version of <laughs> Hammer. He was going to shapeshift and turn into someone else. He's the baby daddy. But it felt like a cruel punch to Claire because, number one, she peppers the book with talking about how much she cannot stand Siler. It's referenced repeatedly. And also, her and Peter's relationship... Because she blames Siler for everything. Yeah, Siler murdered... She would be, like, fucked up. Her family, like, I, all of it was because of Siler. Mm-hmm. So... With good cause, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think she should hold a grudge against Sailor for killing Jackie. Jackie was a bitch. Jackie Wilcox. <laughs> she did bitch. She was a bitch. But, but like, you know, the Meredith, uh, Meredith and, and Nathan and, you know, everybody else in Claire's life did that she cared about. Yeah. Didn't he kill her dog, too? No, he never killed Mr. Muggles. Oh, he didn't kill Mr. Muggles? No, he didn't kill Mr. Muggles. And in, in, uh, in the season three future, he had adopted Mr. Muggles. Right. When he, yeah, when he had, had no, the son Noah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Muggles. I miss Mr. Muggles. Mr. Muggles was cool. Um, yeah, so... I felt like, I don't know, originally I thought the idea that Siler shapeshifted into Hammer because Hammer and Siler were never mentioned together at the same time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's, a, there's some credence to that. And maybe Hammer got moody as Siler because he was, once again, Siler was losing himself, so maybe he was getting emotionally stressed out over that and felt like he was returning back to himself. And so he had to keep leaving. Um, and he also may have almost killed Peter because... Who hates Peter more than Siler before he turned good? Um, or maybe he felt bitter towards um, Peter for something. But, you know, Peter and Claire's relationship is damaged because Peter is still friends with Siler, like yeah. after the events of season four. Like, right. at one point they argue in the book, Save the Trailer, Restore the World, and she's like, How are you still friends with him after what he did? And Peter's trying to defend him, and he's like, Siler's different. And, like, Peter and Siler are trying to warn Claire. Like, don't work with uh, that creepy scientist guy that was with Kravid. Uh, Richard Zinkman? Zinkman? Zinkman. I'm sorry. <laughs> I butchered the name. Butchered the names. Butchered the names. 
no. Never the lore, though. Never the lore. Never the lore. But the names, <laughs> give or take. Um, yeah, like the creepy scientist guy. He was experimenting on Claire, and uh, he kidnapped her. And Peter and Sailor were trying to warn her before it happened, like, don't experiment with your blood. Like, people are going to use you. And she was like, Claire didn't listen. And so, like, they left. Um, she threatened Peter, too. Like, she threatened to get him arrested for being there with Sailor, where she was. So, like, you know, their relationship was damaged because of it uh, in the long run. I wanted to kind of explore where Peter's mental was after the events of Save the Trailer to Destroy the World. Um, he tried to save his niece and he failed. And then come to find out a year later, like, she's dead. Like, that would be enough to send him over the edge and kind of just stay out of everything. Either that, or I feel like someone... Like a Luke Skywalker kind of? Yeah, yeah, like a Luke Skywalker sort of thing. I wanted Peter to kind of be at this place where, like, you know, you tried to fight for these people. You tried to fight for equality, and then, like, you know, shit happened. And, you know, he gave up. <clears throat> and he's lost his, his, his brother. He's lost multiple people that he's cared about. Um, he had to almost kill his father. And on top of that, like, I don't know, his niece is gone too. Like the girl that he was supposed to protect and he couldn't protect her. So I feel like Peter would have a lot of guilt going into <clears throat> Reborn if he had known about Claire's death. Interestingly enough, Angela's, when Angela names Nathan, she says, for the son I lost. So that tells me Peter's still alive. Uh, last we saw Peter, Peter was in- Oh, so it's saying for the sons I've lost? Hmm? Why, why does that represent that we know Peter's alive? Because <clears throat> Nathan died. So, okay. like, the fact that she pointed out that Nathan was the one that she lost. Okay. Like, Peter wasn't lost. Yeah, she didn't say both of their names. By, it was by like omission. A, by omission, yeah. By yeah, omission, we knew Peter yeah. was still alive in that moment. Yeah, it was like confirmation. Peter's still, you know, he's kicking. Um, it was. It was, a, it was a subtle move. Like, but I wish Peter's name would have just been dropped anyway. That's all we wanted to know. Where's Peter? Like, all right. No. I, I, I look forward to knowing what happens when Peter learns that Nathan is, like, his, his nephew. Like, you know, he, this kid is named after your brother, like, your idol, your hero, and, like, who got murdered by your now best friend. But, like, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I, and then the fact that Nathan grew up reading Ninth Wonders comic books, he had to have idolized Peter in some way, shape, or form. So I just, I wonder how those two's first meeting is going to go. Uh, if it's ever shown in the medium, um, what effect it'll have on Peter emotionally, meeting this teenage kid that's named after your brother, and then learning that he's your nephew. Um, and you're like, what, like, Peter's going to be like, what the hell, like, why are you 16? <laughs> Claire's like 23 years old, 24 years old, like, how are you that old, you know, like, that kind of thing. I also uh, wanted to explore Melina going to school where her mother went to school. Like, that's a big deal. Like, what kind of things is she going to learn about her mother going to Union Walls? Um, and maybe that'll challenge her perspective of her mother, learning, you know, what kind of person she was when she was a teenager. Claire was kind of a prick in the beginning. Like, yeah. but she grew up, and that's what I love about Claire. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that was important. I want to know what happened to Ando. Like, Ando was never mentioned by Hiro. And, like, in the June 13th episode, Hiro Nakamura and Hichiro Otomo are best friends. Like, 
Hiro, Hichiro is basically talking to Hiro like Ando would. He would call Hiro on a ship. But behind the scenes, it's because the actor wasn't available, wasn't it? Hmm? Behind the scenes, it's because the actor wasn't available, wasn't it? I don't know. I wonder why James Kaisen Lee never returned back. Like, Hiro and Ando were inseparable, so I felt like when they announced Hiro was coming back, it was like by extension. Was just, he was going to be there too. Yeah. Like, Ando was going to be there too, and then they never showed Ando or said anything about him. And it made me sad. It was a little weird. Um, and then on top of that, like, uh, what happened to Kamiko, like, uh, Hiro's sister? Um, I have a theory that Kamiko really isn't Hiro's biological sister. Or either that or she was in boarding school every time because in the flashbacks, we never see Kamiko. Like, she's never present in, like, when Ishii's dead, like, in Our Father, when she dies, like, Kamiko's not present, like, in the building. Uh, the flashback to Ishii's funeral, Kamiko's not present. Um, even, like, the first flashback we see her in is, like, when Hiro's 14 years old, or when they're all 14 and the slushy thing goes down. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to know what happened to Kamiko after Hiro inadvertently reveals that he has a power. Like, he teleports away from her while his tumor's still going on. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she's just watching there, like, and wonder, like, what the hell, like, my brother just disappeared in the thin air. So I kind of wanted to know, like, what was Kamiko's reaction, like... Does she know that their parents had powers, or does she not know? Like, did Ishii and Kaido keep that in the dark from her her entire life? And what her reaction would be? Would she be an ally to Hiro and Ando, or would she have turned on them? Um, i trying to think of... Who else did we... Man, I'm sad Molly Walker got killed. I'm mad about that. She killed herself. It was sad, because Molly's life was kind of tragic. Her parents got killed by Siler. Her living situation kept being unstable all the time. Um, you know, she had a shitty life. And then on top of that, she ended it to protect the twins. So, in a knee-jerk way that they did with Renee, I kind of wanted to see if I could bring Molly Walker back eventually. Um, I wonder what happened to Claude. He was running with Peter and Siler and uh, Mohinder and Claire for a little bit, like, why did he disappear, haha, <laughs> from the scene? <laughs> um, West Rosen was mentioned and saved a cheerleader to destroy the world. Claire mentions him by name, like, when talking to Hammer. Like, she mentions that West was a nice person from her past. And that West was the only other person that she kissed outside of Hammer. And Hammer was the person that Claire also lost her virginity to. I'm not trying to sound like a pervert. I just know all the trivia about the characters, for the most part, most of it. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know, like, like, Hammer had to be someone significant. And like, he had to know a lot about her. Like, he says that he knows a lot about her. She mentions that, like, was Hammer a Ninth Wonders fan too? Or was he someone from the future? Was he a teleporter or a time traveler? Like, I don't know, all these things. And like, I wonder what made them click so quickly, Claire and Hammer, like, they fought a lot, she said, so like, Whatever it was that she loved about him, or she had to love him for a good reason, and he with her. These are just questions I'm thinking about. And if Hammer's from the future, if he is a time traveler, like I think he is, that means he and Nathan and Melina may have a different relationship in the future he comes from. And that may also explain why he's after them. Um, you know, like Kyle Reese, he knew John Connor, but he didn't know he was John Connor's dad when he went back in time. And I wonder if it was the same concept with Hammer. Like, he didn't know that he was the twins' father, but he had an antagonistic relationship with the twins. The name of the book is also called Save the Trillier, Destroy the World, so I wonder if Claire was going to cause something worse to happen by being alive. 
than she already did. Just questions that run through my head. But um, yeah, follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. Uh, Heroes Legacy, Heroes.Legacy on Instagram and Wingman TL on Twitter and Real Courage Jude on Twitter as well. Um, hope to hear from you guys soon. Oh, and Elvingador0814 on Reddit. That's my name on Reddit. I post a lot of Hero series on there too. Um, but yeah, this is for you guys. Um, I look forward to hearing what we can talk about and what topics you guys may have questions or want us to talk about or, you know, whatever. But happy New Year's, happy 2019. Travel safely, and it's coming. Peace.